and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on uh, Anchor FM and Spotify and some of the other platforms that we uh, broadcast uh, Sunshine USA on. I want to say it's a great joy uh, to have you tuned in for this uh, particular broadcast. And this is me, Warren Landis. I am your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And uh, we are going to start a new uh, book or letter to study on this particular uh, broadcast today. We're going to begin taking a look at 1 Timothy, <clears throat> which I think we have done before a while back on this particular Bible study series. And we're going to do it again because I think that Timothy has some things to say to us that we need to hear in our world today. Uh, so let's turn in our Bibles to First uh, Timothy. This is actually the first of two letters that Paul wrote to Timothy. And I'll say a little bit more in just a few moments about the special role that Timothy played in the life of the Apostle Paul. And what we read here is in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, under Timothy, my own son in the faith, mercy and peace from God, our Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord. <clears throat> now, what we read here, of course, is Paul identifying himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God. Uh, you know, one does not merely choose to go into the ministry. One goes into the ministry because they feel called of God to go into the ministry. And they feel like this is where God wants them and this is where they want to be. It's not just simply waking up one morning and say, hey, you know, I think I want to be a preacher. <laughs> I tell you, there's a lot more to think about than that. I mean, first of all, I could say this. I mean, if you want to make a lot of money, then the ministry is not the place to be because, you know, there are other places where, you know, you could make more money than you can in the ministry. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, Paul does indicate that he is... A, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God. You know, it is God who has, in effect, put him into ministry, not some panel of men or some denomination or some church even. It's God who has placed him into the ministry. Now, there is a broader sense in which all of us as Christians are in the ministry. You know, there's something we need to do and should be able to do to serve Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, uh, you may not preach like I do, but maybe you could sing. Uh, I know a lot of people who have a very special talent and gift from God when it comes to singing. Man, I tell you, they could sing like crazy. And that is a gift that you can use for the Lord. Singing. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and there's a lot of people who have been won to Christ through the ministry of music. I tell you, that's true. 
absolutely now you know I'm one of these people I, I can sing fair partly cloudy <laughs> I'm not great but I'm not terrible either uh, but you know the Bible says make a joyful noise to the Lord that's what I try to do I try to make a joyful noise uh, to the Lord as best I can and that's just the way it has to be a little bit <laughs> amen well anyway Paul says he's a, uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God and our Savior Jesus Christ which is our hope and of course Christ is our hope you know the older I get the more I realize I don't have as much of this life to live as I've already lived I mean this coming August I'll be 67 years old and of course some of you that are in your 70s and 80s and 90s you're saying well man <laughs> you're still a youngin yet amen that might be true but <laughs> on the other hand I'm not in my 30s 40s and 50s anymore either so that's the way I look at it I'm certainly not in my teens and 20s <laughs> amen so and you know it's like I told somebody the other day I was talking to somebody on the phone and I told them that uh, you know I'm getting closer to that day when I go to heaven when I move into my heavenly mansion <laughs> and uh, whenever that day is it's certainly closer now than it ever was before and so I get excited about it you know I, but I sometimes I feel a little bit like Paul you know Paul said you know I don't know what's better is it better for me to uh, stay on the earth a while longer and and tell more people about Jesus or is it better for me if I decide to go ahead and just simply um, you know go to heaven <laughs> boy that's got to be great too you know seeing all your unsaved Christian loved ones again your former pastors and your uh, other family members brothers sisters moms and dads grandparents boy that's going to be a glory hallelujah day you know it's hard to keep a Baptist like me quiet <laughs> see I'm one of these Baptists I don't mind praising the Lord a little bit amen and then he says unto Timothy my own son in the faith Timothy my own son in the faith now Timothy, to set the record straight, was not Paul's biological son. In fact, there's no really hard evidence, in my opinion, in the Bible that Paul was ever married. And I could probably give a pretty convincing lecture on that, but Paul was not a biological, I mean, uh, Timothy was not the biological son of Paul. But where Timothy does have a special place in Paul's heart is Paul took Timothy who apparently came to the Lord as a result of the influence of a godly mother and a godly grandmother now for those of you women listening who don't feel that raising children is enough of a career just understand that the hand that rocks the cradle is ultimately the one who rules the world Amen. The hand that rocks the cradle 
It's the one that rules the world. According to one of Paul's other letters, it was because of the godly influence of Timothy's mom and grandma that he came to know the Lord. And, um, and then as Timothy went into the ministry, I'm sure they felt like they were a part of anything and everything <clears throat> he was able to accomplish in the ministry. And then he says, Grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's a typical Pauline introduction right there. And then we come to the warning against false teaching. The warning against false teaching. And of course, this applies to us today just as much as it did in the days of Paul and Timothy. Because even though the fact of the matter is we've got radio and television and the internet to uh, help us get out the gospel these same three items the internet radio television it's responsible for a lot of false gospel being preached a lot of false doctrine being preached you can't believe everything you hear on radio and television. You can't believe everything you see on the internet. So in one sense of the word, radio and TV combined with the internet gives the devil more opportunity today to get false teaching out there than ever before. Now the reason the devil's able to do that in the first place is because we as Christians don't spend enough time alone with God. We don't spend enough time alone with the Lord. Because if it weren't for that, you know, it wouldn't matter how hard the devil tried, he wouldn't succeed in leading anybody astray. But because Christians don't spend enough time in the Word, they become very easy prey for anybody out there. You might be trying to teach false doctrine. Paul says in verse 3, As I besought thee to abide in Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed, uh, heed rather to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifice which is in faith, so do. Now, um, here, of course, Timothy talks about, uh, uh, or I should say Paul, talks about uh, the fact that there is a lot of false teaching out there. And, uh, men giving all kinds of listening to false fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. You know it's interesting all the weird stuff that's being taught out there today. You know I remember back when I was uh, 
a younger preacher than I am now. I was working at a Christian radio station in New Orleans. There was a preacher that bought airtime on one of the local radio stations. And basically the theme of his broadcast every single week was, you know, guess what? <laughs> Christ is coming back. And he's coming back September 15, 1988. That's when Jesus is coming back. And, of course, you know, he wanted people to give money to his ministry so that he could get the message out. The weird part about it was, even on September 14, within 24 hours of the time that he said, allegedly, that Christ is coming back to this earth on September 15th, he was still asking people to send money. Well, of course, by the time the preacher got it, you know, they didn't have internet giving back in those days. Back in those days, if you mailed a preacher uh, a financial contribution, you had to do it the old-fashioned way. You had to put an envelope, put a stamp on it, and it took a few days to get to you. And I said to myself on September 14th, by the time that money gets to him, or supposedly gets to him, <coughs> he's going to be in heaven if he were a true Christian. And if his prophecy was correct. But... As it turned out, September 15, 1988, as you know, was a long time ago. And being a long time ago like that, you can imagine that now nobody takes that man seriously. He's not in the ministry anymore. I don't know if he's still alive or is he working somewhere else. Maybe he's flipping burgers at a burger joint somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he's not in the ministry. Because if he were to try to be in the ministry now, he'd be the last to stop in the ministry. Because everybody said, hey man, you said, you said Christ was coming back in September 1988. That was a long time ago, and he's still in here. And of course, if you study your Bible, you know that the Bible makes it very clear no man knows the day or the hour when Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. And really, when you think about it, <coughs> it's not even necessary for us to know when Christ is coming back. Just know that Christ is coming back to the soul. And that when he comes back to the soul, he is going to uh, take us home to be with him. Those of us that are Christians. Amen. But the important thing is to be ready, because you see, we don't know when he's coming back. He could come back today. He could come back tonight. It could be tomorrow, the next day. It might be several years before he comes back. The important thing is for you and I to be ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Now, one of the things that good, correct Bible teaching should do is to edify us, to build us up in the faith. So many times, many preachers today, they get on radio and television, and their preaching has only one or two exceptions, either to 
help them sell their latest book or get you to give a massive sum of money to their ministry. You know. But real preaching, its primary objective is number one, to reach you for the Lord, and number two, to build you up in the faith. And that's exactly what the word, what the work of Sunshine USA is. It's to teach the Bible to the Word of God. I mean, teach the Bible, the Word of God, to God's people. And this is something we need to be ready and willing to do. Now, um, it says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. Okay, faith unfeigned. In other words, faith that is not hindered, is the way I would put it. Faith that comes as a result of charity, charity out of a pure heart. You know, uh, I tell you, you know, being in an assisted living facility like I am now, uh, I am cared for by people who have a pure heart to help people. I mean, they don't do what they're doing for the money because there's other places where they could make that money. But rather, they do what they're doing because they love people and they love to help people. People like myself who need a little bit of extra assistance in this whole life that we're living. In. So they do charity out of a pure heart. They truly love people and want to serve people. And when we do anything for God, you know, it needs to be out of your heart. Amen. And then, we read on, a faith and pain. Like I say, that would be, as I say, a faith that's unblocked. Faith that is unrestrained. And the way you have that kind of faith, once again, without trying to sound too much like a broken record, is to have a lot of time that you spend every day in the Word of God. Get yourself thoroughly grounded in the Word of God. From which some, having swerved, have turned aside into vain chagling. Now notice he uses the word here, swerve. <laughs> That's exactly what happens to a person who has, un, who has rather faith that is feigned, faith that is uh, not strong, faith that is weak. You know. A lot of times they will swerve in this direction or that direction. And they're easily swayed by the false teachers that come around. And then he says in verse 7, Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. And so he points out that many of these people who were guilty of teaching 
default stockroom. You know what? The fact of the matter is, not only are they guilty of false stockroom, but they don't understand for themselves the word of God that they're trying to teach. And once again, this is a good argument for the preacher who is called of God to go to Bible college or seminary so that they can learn the word of God. And not only can they learn the Word of God, but they can learn how to effectively use their knowledge of the Word to reach others for the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember my first day in seminary. I didn't think this was very important at all. So here I am in seminary, and I said, I feel like I know everything already. I've been going to church all my life, and going to Sunday school and preaching all my life. And bearing in mind, I came from a very good, conservative Southern Baptist Church. I had, growing up as a Christian, a pastor who loved the Lord, who was on fire for God, spiritually had so much going for me. But when I got to seminary, I realized, and after I'd been there only a short time, that I didn't have all the knowledge about the Bible I thought I did. Man, I tell you, I thought I had so much more knowledge about the Bible than what I did. Then it says here, desiring to be teachers of the law. Now once again, the correct thing there is you should desire to be in the will of God, whatever that might be. It might be that God wants you to be a priest might be that God wants you in the ministry professionally speaking, but there again, he may have something else in mind for you. So our real desire should not, not be totally centered on being in the ministry. Our real desire should be to be anything that the good Lord our God wants us to be. And then Paul goes on to say, but we know that the law is good, and the man uses it lawfully knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, and for unholy and profane, for murderers, for fathers and murderers of mothers and manslayers, for whoremongers, for them who defile themselves with mankind, for man-stealers, for men-stealers, and for liars and perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound mind, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So he talks about the fact, first of all, that the law is not made for a righteous man, it's made for an unrighteous man. You see, one of the purposes of the law, and I, I would say in our day the main purpose of the law, which, by the way, Christ has not done away with. The main purpose of the law is to point out to you and me that we're sinners, that we have sinned. That's the main purpose of the law, and to show us that we need a Savior. That's the purpose of the law right there. And then Paul talks about 
the gospel being committed to his cross. Now, of course, every every preacher, every Christian can say that to some degree the same way Paul did. Paul realized that God had entrusted the gospel to him. And what a wonderful thing it is when you and I realize that Paul is not any different from us. He has been given the responsibility of faithfully entrusting the Word of God to others. But you and I have that same assignment to get the gospel out to a lost and dying world. Now for a preacher like myself, I, I do that every way I can. Right now I'm preaching the gospel on the internet. That's the big part of my ministry right there. But now, it might be if for you as a lay Christian, you could go down to the grocery store, the drug store, the shopping center, shopping mall, and just interact with people. Get into conversations with people about all kinds of different things, and do it in a way so that you gradually introduce them to the Christian thought, to the Christian one. And I think that's the way to do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, next, Paul points out that this is a glorious gospel. And it's a glorious gospel because of the fact that it has been entrusted to us. It has been given to us to share with other people. I would hate to think that from the time a person gets saved to the time they go to heaven that they don't take time to share gospel with anybody. And look at me, I was saved back in November 1969. So I've been a born again child of God now for a long time. Amen. But, on the other hand, I can tell you that uh, I try to do something every day to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out to other people. Let other people know what I'm all about. <laughs> I heard about this old lady. She was uh, alive during the time of the Revolutionary War. And uh, they asked her how was she preparing for the Revolutionary War. He says, well, I got my broomstick at the ready, and I'm ready to hit any British soldier I see over the head with the broomstick. <laughs> and somebody told her, well, I don't think that's going to do much good. He says, well, maybe it won't, but at least I'll know what side I'm on. And that's the one thing that we can all do as Christians. We can let other Christians know what side that we're on. Amen. <laughs> now we're going to end right there this uh, particular study. We'll pick up next time with uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. That's where we'll pick up on the next broadcast. Um, what I want to do next 
let you know that, uh, like I say, I am broadcasting the gospel now in uh, my new surroundings here at a, uh, uh, what do you want to call it, <laughs> assisted living facility. It's not a nursing home, it's an assisted living facility, and I'm living here now. And uh, my mailing address for those of you that um, would like very much to uh, write to me is 402 North Main Street, Warren Landis, 402 North Main Street, uh, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. That's Warren Landis, 402 North Main Street, uh, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I would love to hear from you, and that would be a ministry that you can have for me. You can give me words of encouragement as I go into this new transitionary period in my life. And then, on top of that, you can um, uh, pray for me that God will continue to use me to produce these internet radio programs so that I can reach other people with the gospel of Christ. Now, in the meantime, if you have any Bible study questions or you have any prayer requests, all you have to do is to shoot me an email, warrenlandis at yahoo.com or warrenlandis at gmail.com. Either way, I'll get your email, and I'll be glad to um, uh, pray over your prayer requests and answer your Bible questions. And if you give me permission to do so, I can share this with my radio audience. And then you have the comfort of knowing that Christians all over America and throughout the world are, in fact, praying with you, praying for you. You know, because that's part of one of the benefits of being a Christian. We have each other to lift up, each other to help, you know. When a brother or sister in Christ is struggling, we help them along. We don't criticize them, we don't judge them, we help them along. And that's what this ministry is all about also. So until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye, God bless you, and I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.